Welcome to Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. Hey, I have an announcer now. How about that? Joey Martin, our new announcer. Thank you very much for that wonderful introduction. I am D.C. Lundberg, and this is Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or for short, T-L-O-P-N, or of course, as I like to say, Tloppin. Remember, you can access this program and all the other wonderful shows on the Locked On Network on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or any other podcasting app that you can think of. Ask your smart device to play Locked On Mariners Podcast or Locked On, team name here, podcast, and I think it might do it. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You may follow me on Twitter at DC underscore Lundberg, L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G, if you are scoring at home. We're going to talk about something that took place last week, pretty much over the course of the entire week, and that uh, some news broke about that yesterday, and that is, of course, the Mookie Betts trade or trades, or whatever's going on. Anyways, the Odyssey began on January 10th, 2020, year of our Lord. Betts avoided arbitration with the Red Sox and signed a one-year deal worth $27 million, which, by the way, is about two-thirds the entire gross national product of Tuvalu. Five days later, on January 15th, the PBA Hall of Fame Classic qualifying rounds took place in which Betts competed. He finished 48th in a 56-man field and averaged 198.58 for the tournament. Anyways, fast forward to February 4th. A trade was announced that would have sent Betts to the Dodgers along with David Price plus $48 million to help pay for Price's salary. That $48 million, by the way, is more than the gross national product of Tuvalu. The Dodgers also sent starting pitcher Kenta Maeda to the Twins for pitching prospect Bruzdar Gratterall and immediately flipped Gratterall to the Red Sox to complete the trade. But wait, there's more! The Red Sox saw something they didn't like in Gratterall's medical records, would not accept him, and said no deal, meaning the entire thing had to be reworked. In the end, the Red Sox still sent Mookie Betts and David Price to the Dodgers, and in return, they'll get outfielder Alex Verdugo, shortstop prospect Jeter Downs, and catching prospect Connor Wong. Both teams will split Price's remaining $96 million salary over the next three seasons. The Dodgers still shipped Kenta Maeda off to the Twins, along with $10 million, to cover the incentive clauses in Maeda's contract, along with an unnamed minor leaguer. Heading to L.A. from the Twins are the aforementioned Bruzdar Gratterall, minor league outfielder Luke Rayleigh, and the 67th pick in the 2020 Major League Baseball Amateur Draft. On top of that, it was also reported late yesterday afternoon that the trade which would have sent Jock Peterson to the Angels was off as well. The Dodgers would have sent the slugging outfielder first baseman to the Halos, along with pitcher Ross Stripling and minor league outfielder Andy Pejas, in return getting infielder Luis Renjifo and a minor leaguer. Confused? Yep, so am I. Here to help sort out this mess is Jason Hernandez, the host of Locked on Anaheim Ducks here on the Locked on Podcast Network, taking a break from hockey to talk a little baseball. Jason, welcome to Locked on Mariners. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here, despite all the drama of the past few days. And I, I get that. Uh, speaking of drama, I bet that the L.A. sports media has been very understanding to the Red Sox about saying no to Gratterall, yes? 
Um, a little understanding, I guess. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Something you have to understand is that LA has seen this before, not in baseball, but they saw this in basketball. Because a few years ago, there was a trade that did not happen that was vetoed by then-NBA commissioner David Stern, where the Los Angeles Lakers could have acquired Chris Paul from the New Orleans then Hornets. Mm -hmm. However, that trade was vetoed because of a, I guess, competitive clause that was, I guess, in the league at that point. Really? Yeah. So that trade was negated, mm -hmm. and that arguably sent the Lakers back a few seasons to, I guess, their now success, although it was in 2020, not in 2014-15, like it could have been. So LA's used to trades just being botched. Yeah, we get it. It's happened uh -huh. before. And now you see this falling through with Mookie Betts, and that could have been the perfect trade. And then hearing that fall through, mm -hmm. I could see some of my L.A. friends going, oh, no, not this crap again. I got you. And, and actually, when as you were talking about the failed Chris Paul trade, that reminded me of something that happened before either of us were born in the 1970s where Charlie Finley tried to trade Raleigh Fingers to the Red Sox. Right. And there's pictures of him in a Red Sox uniform and – the commissioner at that time, I believe, vetoed that trade, and he was sent back to Oakland, and that trade was completely negated. So there, I guess there is a little precedent. I mean, it's kind of a different situation. This trade wasn't vetoed by the league powers. The trade had been completed, and with a third party involved, the Twins, and the Red Sox said, no, we're not liking this guy. Well, the reason the Red Sox had to, I guess, pull the brakes on this is they didn't like what they saw in, I guess, Gratterall. So mm -hmm. apparently Gratterall had had Tommy John surgery in the past. Correct. So they didn't like that at all. So they said, no, we're going to pull the brakes on this. We're going to keep Mookie Betts for now. Let's rearrange this. Yeah. Okay, fine. Let's rearrange this. Fortunately for the Dodgers, this trade did work out. Although, in the original deal, they did not include someone that I liked very much and a very, very good minor leaguer in Jeter Downs. Mm-hmm. And I say that because I saw Jeter Downs a ton last season here at Rancho Cucamonga, which is the high A team. He was a top prospect in high A for the LA Dodgers. And this was back in the Quakes where he averaged 269. But the dude slugged 19 home runs. And they were clutch home runs that he hit too. Mm -hmm. In fact, a couple of those were so late in the season that it helped the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes seal their division title in order to make the playoffs. Of course, once they made the playoffs, he'd been called up to double-A, so they didn't have his services at the very end when they could have needed him the most. But that's neither here nor there. That's the nature of minor league baseball. Right. So now with this new trade, you know, the Angels, they pulled out of that deal. So the Dodgers are now... I mean, I don't want to say they're log-jammed in outfield, but they kind of are because now you have Mookie Betts. Mm -hmm. You have A.J. Pollock. You have Cody Bellinger. You have your outfield set, and you've got a massive, massive bench. Towards the end of last season, if you recall, Jock Peterson was beginning to platoon a little bit, and he wasn't seeing as much time. Correct. So now, as the Dodgers are currently constructed, Jock Peterson would barely see maybe 350 at-bats next season. And he's making too much money to be a fourth outfielder. Right, and he's making too much money to have only 350 to 400 at-bats a season. So the Dodgers need to do something about that. And I have a feeling that the Dodgers are not done yet. Mm -hmm. And I do think Jock Peterson will eventually be traded. Although now this begs the question, 
what can the Dodgers get back for him and what kind of player would another team be willing to give up? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, what 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 were the Angels um, originally gonna gonna send the Do- Luis Renjifo, who's a very serviceable infielder? Luis Renjifo is a very good infielder and someone that the Angels would be happy to have. Although I think Anaheim would have been even happier with Jock Peterson in that lineup, which is already stacked. I don't want to say super stacked. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did get Anthony Rendon in the off season, which is a big deal. They still have Mike Trout. They still have Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. They still have some great talent in that batting lineup. And I know the Angels do still want to bolster their lineup, so I don't think the Angels are done as well. I don't think the Dodgers are done as well either. I think both teams are still going to have a little bit of wheeling and dealing ahead of everyone reporting, which is less than a week now. Yeah, it's uh, going to be within this week. And not to leave the Twins completely out of this conversation, but on the Red Sox perspective, they've got a bunch of fans who were upset that they're trading Mookie Betts, which is sent, and it's not like they don't have the money to keep them. It's to get under the luxury tax is what this is about. Which they've done. The Red Sox are finally under the luxury tax, but at what cost? You know, I hear that Red Sox are likening this to the Babe Ruth type trade of exactly 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get that. Mookie Betts is that type of once-in-a-generational type talent. He did win MVP in 2018. The Dodgers are going for it all right now. They know that their window is closing on their consecutive division title run. Mm -hmm. You know, the Padres are going to be coming up. They've got a lot of talent, a lot of young talent on their team. And it's only a matter of time before the Dodgers' run ends. And they just want to go for it all now, as opposed to next year or the year after that you know they've got to give up some fan favorites in order to try to win Mm -hmm. Uh, something similar could be said of the twins i will bring them into this conversation and that they want to win now too apparently and they're in a division that is not very good and they've got a nice rotation piece that can settle into the middle of their rotation now which maybe can stack up a little bit better in the postseason if they do get there I think Minnesota is still going to be the favorite to win their division, which is why I asked the question that I did last week on your mailbag, because Mm -hmm. Chicago is going to be that team that could be coming up, but I don't think the Pale Hosers are there quite yet. Kenta Maeda is going to give them some great pitching depth, and I think it will help the Minnesota Twins ultimately get back into the playoffs and more than likely win their division. All right. Uh, Jason, can you hang around for another segment? I sure can. Good, because we got another guest coming up. Oh, my. Do you know who it is? It's going to be a party, isn't it? Yeah, we're going to have a party. It's going to be a SoCal party with uh, hosted in Spokane. Oh, it's someone across the street from me. It might be. <laughs> but, ladies and gentlemen, before that happens, it's time for uh, today's Mariners trivia question, and here it be. 20 years ago today, February 10th, 2000, was the day that Ken Griffey Jr. was traded to the Cincinnati Reds. Name the four players the Mariners got in return. Wow. The answer's coming up on the other side of the break. Yeah, wow, indeed. Do you have a question for me or, or a comment on the show? Email me at LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. Mariners questions, other baseball questions, or ridiculous questions that have nothing whatever to do with baseball. We're not going to have a mailbag this week, uh, probably next week if I get enough questions. Locked on Mariners will continue as soon as I figure out another way to mention Mookie Betts' PBA career on the show.
welcome to the second half of Locked On Mariners. Here once again is your host, D.C. Lundberg. Yes, indeed. Thank you for sticking around. This is the second half of Locked On Mariners. The trivia question was, 20 years ago today, Ken Griffey Jr. was traded to the Cincinnati Reds. Name the four players the Mariners got in return. Jason, do you know the answer? Not at all. Not at all. Okay. It was center fielder Mike Cameron, pitcher Brett Tomko, minor league infielder Antonio Perez, and minor league pitcher Jake Meyer. Whoa. Yes. We have another guest joining us here to talk about the uh, Dodgers, Twins, Red Sox, Angels kerfuffle that's been taking place. It is the host of Locked On Angels right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, Taylor Blake Ward. Taylor, thanks for joining us. Kerfuffle is a great word for it. It really is. <laughs> well, I can't say cluster you know what, so kerfuffle works better, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, I think either term is very appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Taylor, as the host of Locked On Angels, the Angels were going to acquire Jock Peterson from the Los Angeles Dodgers with uh, Ross Stripling and some other minor league parts and give the Dodgers Luis Renjifo and another minor leaguer in return the whole thing is a mess. Talk about the Dodgers. Talk about basically whatever you want to, your take on it. It's weird. And as much value as John Peterson has, it seemed like the Angels were focused on getting Ross Stripling from this deal. And it seemed like Ross Stripling was kind of a highlight when it came to the Angels side of this. Um, the Dodgers, it was uh, Luis Renifo. He's a fine baseball player. He's got some years of control. They can do some things there. This was very unconfirmed. Uh, but it sounded like Taylor Ward was involved in this trade. I had heard that, and then I think a Dodgers blog had also reported that. Mm-hmm. Um, unconfirmed. But, you know, obviously there was more to this because as much value as Luis Renjifo has and Taylor Ward, you know, may or may not have, some of these prospects, it sounds like, may have been a big piece. And there's a lot of confusion as to why this trade did not happen, whether it was the Dodgers who pulled out for whatever reason it was, seeing that uh, they didn't need to do this, which is one report that's out there from ESPN. Mm -hmm. There are multiple speculation reports, which I think are very inappropriate, that Artie Moreno pulled out of this because he's impatient about things. Mm -hmm. Um, If that is the case where Artie Moreno pulled the plug on this, absolutely the fan base should be upset. This is very... That would be a very upsetting thing where patience is you know that would be terrible as a professional in sports especially as a professional owner to do that uh if it's the dodgers pulling out because they said that um you know we don't need to do this we can find value elsewhere when it comes to trading john peterson then yeah you know angels fan base is very upset about this there's no denying that which is understandable but uh you know if it's if that's the case and the dodgers pulled out that reason you know that's just business so um when this comes to fruition, when we figure out why this trade didn't occur, I mm-hmm. think there's going to be some answers left. But right now, it's strictly questions over answers. And that's kind of the problem. Yeah, and, and, and any person with a Twitter handle can speculate on anything. So it's in, until something official comes out, it's kind of better to hold off on that kind of speculation, isn't it? It is. And, you know, we... Uh, we do our best to, you know, reach out to executives and things. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just a few days ago, we were talking, I was talking to an exec who seemed somewhat excited about this trade going for the Angels. And, you know, he, he couldn't necessarily confirm it, but mm-hmm. at the same time, he was talking about the talent that they were adding, you know, things like this. So it's like, yes, yeah, so up to about Thursday or Friday, 
it seemed like the Angels felt they were getting Jack Peterson roster blink. We haven't been able to get this confirmed from, you know, the general manager or ownership, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, uh, Billy Epler really likes to work in the dark. I don't think that they're necessarily done with this winner. I think if this was the case in the straight work, they would be done with this winner. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't come to fruition, you know, I think they're going into spring training still looking to attain an arm and do some things. This is a big hit. Uh, the Angels, I think, when Jock Peterson and Rob Stripling were coming over, I think they felt very comfortable going into the season. And now there's just, once again, it's still question marks. Yeah, I see. And one thing I want to note before we move on is that um, that Ken Rosenthal was one of the people who um, reported that Artie Moreno may have been getting impatient. I don't want to make it sound like it was just somebody on Twitter. That was an official report from Ken Rosenthal, but still better to wait on speculation. I agree. And I want to ask you part about the Red Sox angle. Um, from all angles, this looks like it was a luxury tax move to trade Mookie Betts. Do you think that they are going to be able to compete in the AL East this year, or do you think that trading this guy will really set him back? I think the Red Sox still have talent. I think they have a good lineup, but you're getting rid of a franchise player. Mm-hmm. And nothing against the guys that came back from the Dodgers. You know, Jeter Downs, I'm very high. I've seen all these guys. Jeter Downs, very good baseball player. Uh, Alex Verdugo, I've never been high on, but at least he's an average MLB player in a sense. Mm-hmm. Connor Wong, likely a backup in the long run, but still, you know, there's some things there, some tools and intangibles that may make him a little better. But at the same time, the value, it's Mookie Betts. It's Mookie freaking Betts, man. That's <laughs> yeah. the second. You could argue he's the second best player in baseball, and I don't think you're going to get a lot of arguments on that. Oh, so and he's Dio, obviously second best to Cody Bellinger, right? That's got to be it, right? Um, <laughs> uh, carrying on from it, you know, David Price, you know, that's where the luxury tax kind of comes into play. Um, are the Red Sox going to be competitive? I think it's a wait and see, see if Andrew Benintendi comes back to the cap- you know capabilities he's at. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, see what the Alex Cora impact is. And um, I think the world – or. I thought the world of Alex Cora. I still think he's going to get a job in time. But, uh, you know, this is going to be interesting to see where the Red Sox are. But you, you're giving up a franchise player, even if he only has one year left on his contract. Mm-hmm. And you didn't offer him the $400 million extension, which, you know, maybe that's ownership. Maybe it is what it is. You got rid of Dave Dombrowski, which is the same. But, you know, $400 million to Mookie Betts with the price of what players cost right now. Absolutely, and I think the Dodgers are going to be willing to pay that. I think there's going to be a lot of teams that are willing to pay that in the winter, and I think the Red Sox may have messed up here. Um, the Twins, I think, uh, I'm a bit. I like uh, Bruzar Gratterall, I do, but mm-hmm. um, Kenta Maeda. That's uh, I don't know about that one. I'm not sure if that matches value. I think the Dodgers walked away with a freaking steal, man. I, I really do. Um, the Red Sox, you know, all in all. Everybody got what they wanted, but everyone kind of got something extra except for the Twins, in my opinion. Yeah, and talking about value for value, well, the value for value may not be there. To me, it looked like a move to bolster their rotation for this year and maybe into the postseason. Uh, Do you see that the same way, maybe? Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, covering the Angels, you don't see a lot of differences between the Twins and the Angels, except for the Angels playing the West and the Twins playing the Central. They need arms. And Kenta Maeda, you know, is essentially 
the Ross Stripling of this deal where, you know, Ross Stripling made the the Angels feel comfortable. Kenta Maeda could make the Twins feel comfortable, which Mm -hmm. is fine. I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking Kenta Maeda as a pitcher. He's a fine pitcher. There's nothing wrong with it. But, you know, Gratterall, I think... I think Gratterall has more value. I think the Dodgers walk away a little bit happier. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Kenta Maeda very easily could be starting game two or game three of the ALDS for you. And, you know, pending how the offense performs, he could be starting game two or game three of the ALCS for you as well. One more question before I let you gentlemen go, and this has nothing to do with what we've been talking about today. This has a to do with a question Taylor asked me on last Friday's mailbag about who was the better prospect, Mariners prospect, between Jared Kalenic and Julio Rodriguez. They both played at Class A Modesto, which is in both of your gentlemen's neck of the woods, so I'll throw the question to both of you. Who do you think is the better prospect? I'll start with uh, Taylor. Okay, so I've been on the Jared Kalenic train since the summer before his draft. Okay. Um, I have always been a huge Jared Kalenic believer. Uh, there's always kind of like one standout guy from the draft where I say, you know, if I had a pick inside the top ten, that's the guy I'm taking. Jared Kalenic was always my guy. Mm-hmm. That said, Julio Rodriguez is a freaking stud, man. He is awesome. Um, the confidence, the swagger, the skill set that's translating into real baseball skill set because the tools are there, but the skill set – I, <laughs> you're flipping coins. I mean, uh, <laughs> let's see. Do I have? I, I'm gonna find a coin here. All right. And whatever. Uh, you know. Let's see. So heads is Julio, tails is Kalenic. This is gonna be. So Kalenic. I'll, I'll go with Kalenic on this okay. one, strictly because I flip <laughs> tails. That is. Hey, that's a perfectly fair answer. I had trouble answering it on my show last week. Um, it was basically. I, well, just, I think it's basically coin flip also. Yeah, just real quick. I mean, I don't, I don't have it in front of you, but didn't MLB Pipeline and Baseball America both have them like somewhere between seventeen and twenty-two? That's like a five prospect gap or whatever. That's not which is basically no difference at all. Yeah, no, there's nothing there. So literally, you are flipping some form of opinion here. They're within ten of each other, so yeah, they're. I like, I'll, I'll switch mine. I like Latin guys more, so I'm going to go with Rodriguez. Strictly okay. because of that. That's and he's, the only reason whatsoever. Okay, and he is a bit younger, which is why I said that. JD, what take? What say you? I've got a coin also. All right, and my coin flip said Kalenic as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I do like Kalenic's upside quite a bit. I think they both have terrific upside. I like Jared Kalenic a little bit better because of his speed, because of his arm. Mm. Um, when I talk about someone that has some magnificent tools and I look at that outfield strength I look at that arm a lot you know Kalenic could be a very fine outfielder for the Mariners in years to come and he's got a good bat too I mean he he does get on base pretty well but I look at the defense I look at those intangibles when I want a future player for the Mariners because who are the Mariners outfielders as of current in their system in the system that are up with the Mariners because you have you have Lewis, you have Hanniger, who's going to be out for a while. Uh, Jake Fraley and uh, Braden Bishop are the other two uh, prospects that are anywhere near the major league level. Yeah, you could yeah. play. Uh, you could play Evan Wright up in. Um, you could play Evan Wright up there too, can you? Or why am I saying Wright? Evan White is a <laughs> capable defender. Um, I don't know, but you need a first baseman still. 
Yeah, he's he's probably going to be the first baseman because I don't know what other first baseman that the Mariners would throw out there other than Daniel Vogel back, and they want to DH him. Oh wow! Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, that's I, fine. I that know. makes sense. Yeah, I think just because of the speediness and the range, I would go with Kalenic, but that's just me. Okay. What about uh, what about Dom Williams? Is he uh, is he close to the majors there? I don't think he's close. To, he was not invited to spring training as Kalenic and Julio Rodriguez were, which tells me he's a little bit further away. Okay. All right. On that note, gentlemen, I think I'm going to let you go. Thank you for joining me here on the show today on Locked On Mariners to talk a little Mariners too, which was kind of unexpected. Gentlemen, where can we find the two of you on the Twitter sphere, beginning with Taylor? Uh, I am on Twitter at Taylor Blake Ward. We'll do our fan mailbag uh, tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow, and uh, we'll have some fun with that. And uh, also check us out at Locked On Angels if you get the chance. Thanks again for joining us, Taylor and Jason Hernandez. Where might we find you on the Twitter sphere? You may find me on the Twitter sphere at StimpyJD. That's Stimpy as in Ren and Stimpy, the famous Nickelodeon cartoon, JD. Or you can find the show at LO underscore Ducks and talk about Anaheim Ducks hockey. And I can't believe they're not tanking anymore. What is going on? (laughs) They were supposed to be tanking. Hashtag NHL Seattle, baby. Yes. (laughs) Coming this year to an arena near you or something. Anyways, gentlemen, thanks again. I'm going to let you go at this time. Thanks again for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks, DC. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. And ladies and gentlemen, do check out Taylor Blake Ward on Locked on Angels and Jason Hernandez on Locked on Anaheim Ducks. And if you have checked out those programs and the others here on the Locked on Network, then I'm sure that you have heard all the great advertisers working with Locked on to reach sports fans. But you might not know that Locked on Mariners is a great way for your local business to reach passionate M's fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked on gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcasts podcast listeners not just any podcast listener locked on podcast listeners if your company wants to connect with mariners fans and a predominantly male well-educated audience with disposable income then let's put your company right here on this locked on podcast local fans love to support local businesses so text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are We'll get our team to help your team achieve locked-on advertising success. Once again, text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. I've got a programming note to pass along to you. This likely will be the only episode this week. I will be in Cheney, Washington this week at the National Curling Championships. I got myself a week-long pass last Friday, kind of on a whim, because the tournament's going to be right in my backyard, and who knows when I'm going to have this opportunity again. They began last Saturday evening and run through this Saturday. Today through Thursday, sessions begin at 9 or 10 in the morning, depending on the day, and last until 10 or 11 at night, so I won't have much opportunity to record. If some major Mariners news breaks, then I will record a short episode with that report, but with pitchers and catchers reporting to Peoria on Wednesday, I don't really see that happening, but you never know. Jerry DePoto never ceases to surprise anyone. Speaking of Jerry DePoto, he can download, rate, and subscribe to Locked on Mariners on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or any other podcasting app that he may care to use. 
I know that that plug has nothing to do with Jerry DePoto, but I needed a segue. Anyways, you can also ask your smart device to play Locked On Mariners podcast or Locked On Anything podcast. Follow this program on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners and follow me on Twitter also at DC underscore Lundberg. Also, congratulations to Chris Prather for winning the PBA Tournament of Champions. And thank you to you for listening to today's program. Ran a lot longer than I thought it was going to. Join us back here Monday for another edition of Locked on Mariners. Have a great week. This is Joey Martin speaking for Locked on Mariners, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 